Hello and welcome back to the Give and Go. I'm your co-host Reynoso here with my boy. Soltero. What is up, guys? The penguin, bro. He hit the waddle, he man. Hit the waddle. He hit the waddle. How are we doing today, folks? Two great games. Two great, great games. Yeah. Should we talk about Morocco first or should we do the one that just happened? Let's do Morocco. Yeah. It was a more interesting game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think given that I just had to perform that fucking <laughs> exercise, bro. I mean, might as well do it, dude. Took, well. took the breath out of me. Morocco, man. Morocco and Spain had a fucking deadlock of a game, a cagey affair that saw both sides really struggle to get true, genuine opportunities at goal. With honestly, Morocco having the best opportunity at one point, Chedri, I believe, had an incredible one on one with the keeper, and he just couldn't slot it home in yeah. extra time. Yeah. For the rest of the game, man, and we'll dissect that in a little bit, but for, for the rest of the game, dude, it was just a crazy, cagey affair, back and forth, fighting for possession, fighting for that mid midfield battle, and just trying to generate an opportunity. It goes to penalties. Yeah. And what a story we're seeing right now in the World Cup with penalty shootouts once again. Jesus Some man. abysmal penalty attempts from the Spanish, whereas the Moroccans stepped up and they got their goals. And Morocco sees himself becoming, I believe, the sixth nation this century that's not in Gomebol or UEFA to qualify into the quarterfinals. An incredible achievement. The other teams would be like the USA in 2002, uh, wow. South Korea, Ghana 2010, and there's oh a few God. more teams, Costa Rica 2014 as well. Right, right. Becoming one of very few teams Dude, that's very few. that has qualified to the quarterfinals, man. So that in itself, a monumental achievement. Yeah. This Moroccan team has so much magic, so much passion, so much behind them right now. That's a beautiful thing to see. And I just want to make a quick announcement, man, that... Uh, the unfortunate news right now is that uh, Reynoso the reindeer was shot dead on the streets. Shot dead, uh, held at gunpoint, and uh, saw a bullet go through his forehead this morning with yeah. Reynoso the reindeer getting two of both of his predictions wrong. Right. It is what it is, but on the opposite side, man, it's worth it because we see Moroccans have themselves a magical day yet again. Yeah. What did you think about the match? I think the first thing that pops in my head thinking about this match is for getting game analysis right now, I'm going to fast forward all the way to that penalty shootout. And we saw the birth of a star on the biggest international stage, Yasin Bono. You watched La Liga for the past six, maybe even seven years, maybe not that long. But if you watched La Liga for, uh, for the last four or five years, you know who Bono is. But I don't think we've ever seen him really rise to the occasion on the biggest stage since, man. And here he is with three huge saves. One of them maybe just fingertips hitting, uh, going a little bit wide. But three big moments for Yasin Bono in this penalty shootout. And oh my God, dude. The celebrations oh. afterward were incredible. Literally brought a tear to my eye seeing the pure joy in Bono's face, mm -hmm. dude. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And Everybody, like, there, there was a moment when they, you know, lifted him up, up, and up, just, and they did the same thing with the coach. And Bono was just, he was like stunned himself. And I was like, oh my God, like, he himself, right then in that moment, had no idea, like, the thing that he just did for yeah, his country. Yeah. Like, he was truly stunned by what he had just accomplished for his country, man. And to see Bono in that state, he was just absorbing everything. Yeah, and he, yeah. he wasn't even participating in it. In, in the celebration, but you could see Joy was just overtaken by him, man. It, yeah, was, dude, it was amazing. Even in the penalty shootout, he made back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back saves. Yeah. And he wasn't, like, celebrating like crazy. He was right. kind of just, like, like stunned. Like, stunned. you said, kind of shocked. Like, is this really happening right now? Yeah. Are we beating the team that 
in, which, in whose league I play for and I've been playing for for the past few years? Yes. Am I really beating here and being the sole reason for why Spain isn't going through? It just seemed like a truly magical moment for him and for Moroccans in general. And I just think that's got to be such an overwhelming feeling, man. Mm-hmm. To, to be the sole reason for why your team is progressing through <laughs> is an incredible thing. Yes. And to be, essentially be the hero. I think that's something... That's something beautiful about this sport, man. Exactly. Absolutely. I think Bono is the hero of this game at the end of the day, even though this was a completely team effort. And I think we'll get into that in a second. But Bono, my God, dude, take a fucking bow because what a performance in that penalty shootout getting Morocco into the last day, dude. But, you know, looking at the game as a whole, specifically, I'm going to look at the regulation, those 90 minutes that I was so interested in seeing. This game pretty much played out, I think, as we had expected. I said this game would be very similar to Japan-Croatia as far as there not being a lot of chances, but both teams being very, very even. And I think that is exactly what we saw, dude. Over the course of those 90 minutes, were there really any big chances for both sides? Not really. I think there's some really deadly moments in buildup or some really deadly crosses, but each time the cross is either overhit, misplaced, or the shot was skied, pulled wide there were no big big chances i think the biggest one was maybe spain uh maybe in that first half when bono actually got a big arm save and it ended up hitting the crossbar afterwards but then ended up being offside so looking at the course of that whole game this was just a really tight and intense affair man but i love the way that morocco started this game and actually the way that they played for pretty much that entire 90 minutes they had a low two low blocks and they said spain come at us Come at us, and we're going to let the center backs have possession, but as soon as you give the ball to your offensive line or to your midfielders, we're all over you. And they played that to perfection because, you know, the difference between a really good Moroccan defense and maybe, let's say, like a Korean defense is that Morocco were so proactive in their low block. You know, yes, they were sitting back deep, which usually you don't want to do, but they were engaged. They were focused. As soon as the ball entered like a certain part of their pitch, they completely hounded the Spaniards. And they did it so, so well with an aggression and an intensity and an energy, bro. And it's why Morocco have only conceded one goal this whole tournament because they are committed to that defensive style. They're low-key reminding me of Atletico. Like Mm. vintage Atletico in the sense that, yes, it's very defensive, but it's defense with a true purpose, bro. The only thing they're missing is like a Diego Costa. Yeah, dude, That's it, it. it's crazy. They, yeah, and they still haven't conceded a goal despite going to penalties, too. Yeah. <laughs> they even got a clean sheet oh my there, God, bro. Holy shit. Actually, it reminds me of, I believe it's it was insane. 2006 Italy who made it all the way to the final, won the World Cup, only conceding one goal, and they also conceded an own goal as well. Yeah. It wasn't a true uh, opportunity that the other team had. So they're on a similar trajectory right now. It's similar yeah. to Atleti as well, having a really proactive low block. Yes. But for me, man, bro. I, I, I do. I do agree with those points about Morocco, but I need a harp on Spain, bro. Oh, no, I need I, a harp on Spain. And I'll get into but you go first. Yeah, yeah, I need a harp on them, man, because I truly think that Tiki Taka died years ago. Years ago. <laughs> yes. We look at Spain's path in the past eight years, 2014, group stage exit, 2018, round of 16 exit, 2022, round of 16 exit yet again. And here's the thing about Tiki Taka, bro, is that for me, I've always defined Tiki Taka as the quick – uh, clever interchange, especially in that final third that yeah. you would see among Spanish players. The insane ability to just sling a pass through, get really tight, make amazing moves in the box, and just create space out of nothing. David Villa was a big player in that mm. sense, being able to just create and finish all these opportunities while being fed from legends like Xavi and Iniesta, right? You had this system that was in place, but bro, 
ever since that generation left, we have not seen an inkling of what Tiki Taka was was known to be, man. And especially in this team specifically, I know people harp or not harp. I know people praise the whole passes completed and how they were able to just sling these balls back and forth and dominate possession and always uh, in a way out possess the other team. But for me, bro, it didn't lead to any anything, man. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was just passes along the back, passes within the midfield, and that was it, bro. In that final third, there was no cleverness on the ball. There was no ability to separate yourself from the defender. There was nothing witty about their approach, bro. And that's what Tiki Taka ultimately was for me. It's not just passing it out with the, between the back and just, you know, Gavi and Betty just getting on the ball and just slinging it out to the uh, to the wingers. It's more than that, man. It's generating true goal-scoring opportunities through these really creative plays. And that did not exist. And I think it's because of what we mentioned at the beginning uh, before the tournament started that Spain really lacks attacking options and creative ones at that, man. Yeah. They do have a good midfield. They, they do have a good defense. But when they're asked to create an opportunity, there's nothing, man. It's like it's like asking a med student to draw a fucking painting. Like yeah. there's, no, there's not a creative bone in his body. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing yeah, for that. Too textbook. It's too textbook. It's too textbook. And yeah. I think it really showed in this game because Morocco sat back. They said, you know what? We don't think you can create an opportunity against us. And they couldn't. Yeah. They just couldn't. They could not. No matter how much possession they had, no matter the fact that they actually did cross the 1,000-pass threshold, nothing came from it, bro. Yeah. Nothing. And so for me, Tiki Taka is dead. I think it's disrespectful to even associate Tiki Taka to this modern crop of Spanish footballers. That is something that is solely for those players of 20, 2008, 2010, 2012. Uh, that were able to achieve such amazing things for Spain. And yeah. so Tiki, Ta Tiki Taka has died, and so has Reynoso the Reindeer with his prediction of Spain winning this match. Yeah, really well said, bro. I completely agree with every single thing that you said about why Spain failed today. So I'm not going to beat that dead horse, but I want to expand on this. I think where Spain really failed today other than just Tiki Taka not working and them running out of ideas after 30 minutes Gavi, especially, and Pedri could not get into this game. I thought they had a horrible game today, and it, it was vilified by Gavi coming out like in, what, the 60th minute? Enrique yeah, basically dude. called it. He's like, yeah, Gavi, you're, you're, you're done today, man. man you're, you're he's, not been, he's been a little off since the, basically yep. the, outside the Costa Rica game. Yes. That's, wasn't big in Germany, wasn't big in Japan, mm -hmm. and now this one. Exactly, and th that's exactly my point is what this game told me today is that both Gavi and Pedri uh, – I think so. I have a lot to learn, and I mean a lot. They're really good when they're playing against Osasuna and Cadiz, for example, <laughs> but when you get to this upper echelon of talent and opponent, I think Gavi and Pedri, they, they can't figure it out, bro, and I think this was actually something that we've seen even this year in Champions League. When Barcelona played against Bayern Munich, they got shut down, bro, and they got shut down yet again when they played against good teams like Japan, Germany, and today against Morocco. So what this told me today, in conclusion, Spain's midfield is good on paper and when you play against inferior teams, but the moment you put a body on Gavi or Pedri and Loki, even Busquets now at his, at his age, you can shut him down. And that's exactly what I saw today because Spain's midfield, beyond their poor offensive display, Spain's midfield could not create anything and it wasn't even because they weren't trying it's because Morocco didn't even let them breathe as soon as they got on the ball and to me that's just down to they just need to be better and now again credit to Morocco because their defense has been so clinical this tournament but the the type of quality you expect a Spanish midfielder to possess 
It's just not here anymore. It's not. Again, Gavi is a generational talent, but he's got to get better. If he wants to compete at the highest level, uh, you know, fill the shoes that Xavi and Iniesta left, he's got to improve his game at this type of level. King Amrabat. Yeah. Prince Unaki. Yeah. The royalty of Morocco stepped <laughs> up today. We need to praise this team, man. Yes, man. We need to praise him. Amrabat has been a machine this whole fucking tournament, man. One of the best defensive midfielders this whole World Cup. Yeah. What a player, man. And still only 26 years old. Now I think I'm starting to think, bro, where is he going to go after this, bro? Mm. He's at Fiorentina right now, no? Yes. And uh, I could truly see him just making another step forward. I saw already that Liverpool are, are having a keen interest on Amrabat based off, off of these performances. What a player he has been, an absolute destroyer in the midfield. And going into this match, I was interested to see that matchup, you know? Amrabat against the Spanish midfield, you know? Spanish midfielders are praised so much yes. in world football right now. How will a guy like Amrabat do in that situation? Bro, he killed it. He killed, killed it, it man. man. Killed it. Once again, yeah. coming into a game, even a little injured, had a little knock on him, didn't show at all, man. Played yeah. his fucking heart out. And I think you can say that for a good amount of Moroccan players today with how they were able to just have that fight in them, man, have yes. that want and that grit with the whole stadium behind them as well. I think it's why I do believe that they had the better opportunities throughout the game. They did show to be the better team. And ultimately, I think the penalty shootout was justified and rewarded the rightful team. Absolutely, man. And yeah, if you're looking for a defensive midfielder, look no further than Sofian Amrabat, bro. Holy shit. His tenacity honestly reminds me a lot of Casemiro on the defensive end. He's everywhere, and you can't beat him either. That's the thing. That's why Amrabat is so good right in the center of the pitch. I think the only thing that he might lack as far as, like, for example, playing for like a Real Madrid is I think his passing, his offensive passing could be a little bit better. But defensively, he, I think he's one of the best as far as defensive midfielders are concerned. Um, now, talking about other players who I thought had a really, really good game, dude, especially in that first half, Bufal. Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, somebody did to Llorente, bro. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> when, when they play that replay a fourth time, I was like, "Oh, Llorente got cooked. He got cooked, brother." And dude, looking for tapas, it's bro. Fu <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I remember in our Morocco preview, I said Buffal has a twenty percent chance every game of popping off. But it's only 20%, you know? So, you know, one out of five, there is a good chance that Buffal has a banger of a match. And we saw him finally in this year's World Cup pop off, bro, because it wasn't just that moment. There were so many other dynamic moments where Buffal would just juke one, two Spaniards, go forward, lay off a nice through ball, or just keep penetrating. Only thing that was lacking for him was like a clear-cut chance at goal or like a clear-cut pass right. to maybe Ziescher and Nesiri. But I, other than that, dude, his threatening play out on that left wing was phenomenal from Buffal, bro. So, yeah, really good play from pretty much every Moroccan player. Ziyech had some good moments. Hakimi had some good moments going forward, too. Um, I, I would say the only thing that Morocco do lack, though, is, we've already said it, just true clinical uh, factor in their front three. They're really good at building. They're really good at going forward. They're great in transition because they have so much pace. But I think today it showed that, you know, they, they might have to rely on something crazy. They might have to rely on like a banger from 20 yards out. And if they can't rely on that, then it might ultimately end nil-nil. Either way, their, their defense is working so well that, you know what, fuck it. Rely on your defense because right now it is working. 
I like this comment a lot from Nabil. He says, Buffal can be trash at times, but sometimes he's literally Neymar on steroids. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. I know we've missed a couple of uh, uh, Super Chats, so let's start all the way at the top if we can to see what the people have been saying to the give and go, man. Really appreciate y'all's activity in the chat right now from Daniel XD, $5. Thank you, bro. That penguin entrance from Reynoso, though. This two-day break from podcast will suck. Really love looking forward to the post-match podcast from you too. Hey, we'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Friday. And maybe maybe I'll do some filler content in the meantime. We'll see. Rest in peace, Tiki Taka, 2008 to 2022. <laughs> I disagree, bro. I think he died in 2014, man. 2014. <laughs> uh, another super chat from El Sombra. El Sombra Regio 7. Morocco, a legit contender. They beat Belgium, who one of you had in the quarterfinals. That's me right here. They drew with Croatia, who are in the quarterfinals too, and now beat a Spanish team who many pundits had making it to the semis. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, they came out of Group F in first place, and that, to me, was the biggest achievement so far. Like, that's yeah. insane. We thought Canada had a chance in that group. Even Belgium or Croatia would get out, but we did have Morocco failing, and ultimately, they've proven us wrong in every single aspect, and so they deserve the praise. They deserve the credit. They're doing really, really well. Spain had over 1,000 passes and only one shot on goal. What an utter failure of the tiki-taka. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Bergs, $5. Thank you, bro. Really appreciate that. Marco Carmona, five dollars. Thank, Thank you, Marco. You, Good to see you again, my guy. As I mentioned before, this possession from Spain ain't nothing. If they can't finish on the top, they'll need a real legend forward in four years. Yeah, yeah I agree. There was a fly in my face. Yeah, he was saying that too. I remember that in the past chats. He was mentioning that, so I'm glad that he uh, ultimately got it right. Yeah, and on an even bigger note, to kind of expand on that comment, I think Luis Enrique's project is over. I think he has to step down. They need to look for a different coach, look for just something new because Enrique, I think, had something going, especially after that really good Euro performance, but it just hasn't worked. The, you know, the, the, the type of style that he played just no longer works anymore. So I think Enrique yeah, has yeah. to go. Yeah, that need to switch that up for real. I agree. Yeah. Chris98D says, Reynoso, thoughts with Thiago being left, left out? Man, I was thinking about this exact player today because if you remember the previews, man, yeah. big Thiago guy. I mentioned how sometimes he can be the best player on a pitch in a big match. Luis Enrique, I think, really showed today that the selections he made to not bring to the World Cup uh, ended up hurting him in a way, man. Mm -hmm. Tiago being one of them. We mentioned how Gavi and Pedri didn't really show up on the biggest stage the way we wanted them to. Could Tiago have done better? I think he might have, man. I think he might have. Or maybe brought a little bit more experience, more more uh, confidence on the ball than what we saw today from those two youngsters. Yeah. I think he was worth the call-up at the very least, man. And so I do criticize Luis Enrique for that. You could also go to the Sergio Ramos uh, absence as well as to why he wasn't brought up. He's yeah. a great penalty kicker, and Spain needed that today as well. Mm -hmm. David De Gea with Simon starting as well. There's a number of picks that were just questionable ultimately that uh, I wonder if it could have affected Spain's outcome. And even today electing to go with Marcos Llorente right back who had not played a single second until today in this round of 16 match. I thought that was a bizarre move considering that why not just play more defensive guy like Aspilicueta or Dani Carvajal? Why go with someone yeah. who has not played a minute at this tournament and it ended up backfiring because he got cooked by Buffal for 45 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think Enrique, I think I think he just low-key lost his mind a little bit going into this tournament. Man, he got a little cocky, man. He got a little cocky. Yeah, Iago Aspas too, man. Yeah. I wonder if they could have used him. Uh, Amrabat was in the hospital last night because of back problems. I saw that. What a warrior. Yeah, Jesus. I saw that. He was, he was kind of like a Pulisic situation too. Like, coming into this game, he was knocked. 
Let the beard grow, Reynosa. <laughs> It'll be back in like 24 hours. Marco Carmona, Spain might need another manager that isn't afraid of going forward instead of keeping relic tactics from 2000 slash early 2010s. Yeah, it's time to change things up, man. It, yeah, it's time to change things I up. I completely agree. Holistically. Um, yeah, I like the flies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. So the fly, there was a fly here. Did you kill it? Yeah. You got it? You got it. The fly is the mascot of the pod. After the fly. Producer, okay. All right, cool. Let's scroll down. Yeah, let's go down. There's a super chat from Abraham. $5. Thoughts on Tomando starting in the bench. Also, love the fact I found this YouTube channel. Hey, thank you for finding us, man. Tomando. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Tomando? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Starting in the bench. What am I missing? Thomas. Uh, Thomas. Is that a Thomas? Thomando. Is that a nickname for someone? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You, scroll down. you guys have been saying Morocco don't make it out of the group. So now what are you going to say? Bro, we apologized three episodes ago, man. We said we were wrong. We admitted to our mistakes and we've carried on forward. Saltero showed his support from Morocco, predicting they would beat Spain this time around. That's and true. I learned my lesson today because I still picked Spain over Morocco and I was ultimately wrong. I am Moroccan yeah. all the way now, man. I must change my citizenship and everything for you guys. What else I got to do? <laughs> I'm about playing like a lion. Defending his territory. After the game, yes. he said, last night I stayed up until 3 a.m. with the physio. An injection before the game, too. I can't abandon the guys in my country. Jesus, Holy man. shit, man. Yeah, that's the thing, though. If you take Amrabat out of the squad, that's, that'd be such an absence, man. Yeah. So he literally gave his body for his country. What more can you ask for? And I think it showed that passion, that drive in that midfield completely showed today, dude. He meant Ronaldo, not Tomando, man. I was like, who the fuck is Tomato? Tom uh, Ronaldo. He meant Ronaldo. <laughs> Good God, dude. I was so confused. I was like, bro, who am I missing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Ronaldo in a second when we talk about the Portugal absolutely, game. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yes, yes, Morocco going into the quarters now set to face off against Portugal. And what an amazing story, man. What an amazing story. I just, for me, I'm so hyped on the fact that they will be the one non-WEFA, non-combable team in the quarterfinals this tournament. I'm glad that we got one, man. I was a little worried that it would ultimately end up being just the two biggest confederations in world football true. dominating the quarterfinals. Instead, we get one true African team here to represent a whole confederation, but also in a way represent the weaker confederations and CONCACAF and AFC and True. whoever else, man. So shout out Morocco, man. Shout what out. a team, what, what heart they have. Regragi looks like he's having the time of his life yeah. managing this team. I like that. He has like his look to him too. Have you noticed that? It's yeah. the same outfit every time now yeah, yeah, yeah. that white shirt with the black blaze and like white sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a look. People are going to be doing that for Halloween in Morocco next year. Probably <laughs> man. Bald head and everything. <laughs> <laughs> when they won the penalty shootout, and we'll talk about that in a second. Regragi celebrating by just like patting his head like this. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was nice. Yeah. But last thing I want to highlight, man, is the penalty shootout itself with Spain just having the most uninspired penalty efforts, man. Low key might have been worse than, than Japan's yesterday, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really, really bad. And on the flip side, Morocco was just clinical, man. Yeah. They just knew how to place their shots, only getting one shot saved. But it's 2 0, and all they needed was one more penalty to go in to win the match. And up steps up the Moroccan golden boy, yeah. uh, Hakim, uh, uh, Hakimi, yeah. Hakimi. And I just, I didn't think he had that in him, man. That was so dirty. I didn't think he had that in him, man. Yeah. That was truly, truly dirty, bro. <laughs> a Panenka penalty to kick out the Spanish, man. I can't imagine how 
pissed off the Spaniards <laughs> must have been the moment they saw that shot yeah, just be yeah. halfway on its way there. I would have been mad if I was Spanish, man, because to go out like that, man, what what flair, what class on the mm. ball to do that mm. and to just ultimately out-trick and outsmart Simon and then the waddle dance as we saw. Morocco players come running towards him afterwards. What an incredible moment. He's celebrating with his mother, I believe, on the sidelines as well. Hakimi is just the golden boy of Morocco right now. And I just... Man, if there's one person I'm jealous of right now on this earth, I think it'd be nice to be Hakimi right now, man. It really would. <laughs> yeah. Let's read some comments here. Hakimi Panenka, too brutal. One of the one of the saves was by the post. That's true. Yeah. Um, Spain needed more L1 plus triangle passes. <laughs> Hakimi, <laughs> Hakimi is Spanish, too. He was born in Madrid born and in Madrid. grew up there. Yeah. So that's a little bit more to add to that storybook narrative. Indeed, laughing my ass off. Scroll down for me, producer Rudd. Um, the disrespect on the final penalty was insane. Yeah, it low-key felt a little disrespectful, man. Oh, pure disrespect, but in the best way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bono went to the chiropractor after the game for his back because of how he carried Morocco through the penalty shootout. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Luis Enrique a streamer? Because I keep seeing jokes about him being on Twitch like after the game and stuff. I had no idea. No idea. I really had no idea. I know Alfonso Davies is, but Luis Enrique, bro? <laughs> Madrid DNA. That's all I got to say. Sergio Ramos taught Hakimi how to do it by Nengar. <laughs> <laughs> Who would win? Costa Rica 2014 or Morocco 2022? That'd be a hell of a match. Yeah, that'd Holy be Holy shit, that'd be, that'd be fun. Yeah, he's a yeah. streamer. Um, cool. Any other comments on this match before we move to the, to the next one? No, I'm just so, so proud of Morocco for actually pulling it off. Once again, they showed that their group stage was not a fluke. This is the way that they play. And it was able to top an underwhelming Spanish side. Yes, it did go to penalties, but so well-deserved. And Spain, man, what a failure. This, this is a big failure in my eyes, man. And it's all credit to how good Morocco were because the Spanish could not play their way because of how Morocco played defensively. And when you consider it how good Spain was in the Euros going into this tournament, again, a lot of people had Spain pre-World Cup going to the semis or at least going to the quarters. So around a 16 exit, even even though it's against Morocco, is a complete failure for Spain. So all credit to Morocco. You are the better team today in my eyes and in the result as well. So yeah, Spain, man, they got to they gotta rebuild because this just was a really bad performance overall. Even though they got out of the group stage, was not impressed whatsoever by the Spanish side. Three out of the top five leagues in Europe are out of this tournament already with Spain being out, Germany out, and Italy not even making it. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Just Premier League and League One remain in that sense. Mm. Really interesting to see that. Marco Carmona, $2. Thank you, bro. Morocco, the dark horse team of the World Cup. I think ultimately, yeah, I think. Who are the other teams I'm thinking of? Croatia's still in it. They could be considered dark horse. I think you could. Um, you could. And then Netherlands are still in it. I would say Netherlands would be considered dark horse true, as well. So, true, yeah. But yeah, no, in terms of like the Cinderella team is what I would give to Morocco. Man. There you go. Yeah, there's more magic to them and just yeah. so unexpected to see them go this far. Yeah. The next match of the day was Portugal against Switzerland, man. Portugal against Switzerland. Producer Rudd, give me that. Give me that, uh, that, that famous transit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Portugal versus Switzerland. Bro, crazy because immediately after the Morocco match ended, I get on my phone and I see the news that Cristiano Ronaldo is going to be benched for this match. Mm -hmm. I repeat. Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the potential goats of the game of football, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of Portugal, will be benched for a knockout round game yeah. for Portugal. 
crazy just crazy. to process that, just to be like, holy shit, the leader for this country it will not be playing this game. Fernando Santos making a really, really bold move here. And who does he start in his place? <laughs> not Rafael Leao. No. Not maybe not shifting Joao Felix over or anything. Right, right. Instead, he starts 21-year-old Benfica star Gonzalo Ramos. Yeah. Gonzalo, Gonzalo, <laughs> Gonzalo, Chalo Ramos starts the game for Portugal in a knockout stage. And what ensues is just pure fucking magic, dude. Pure yeah. destroying, pure hat trick quality material. He gets three goals in this match, bro. Three yeah. against a Swiss side that we thought was going to be super formidable in this game. We were looking at this match as a really tight affair. Instead, Portugal comes out. And completely dominate, man. They make a statement on this stage, such as the other contenders as well with Brazil, uh, France, and you could say England too. Just winning big results, getting these big goals, big results in these in these knockout stage matches. Portugal follows in their in their steps, man. They follow in their steps, and what they do is even more impressive, in my opinion, because they not they get not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six goals, six goals. on Switzerland, man. Yeah, I remember thinking in the group stage that the only thing stopping Portugal from being very, very successful is just Santos himself. If he was going to be brave and make some bold decisions with squad selection, I thought that'd be the only way to truly unlock this Portuguese team. Benching Ruben Neves, benching Ronaldo ended up being the best decision in Fernando Santos's life. Bro, because this has to be the biggest knockout stage uh, win for Portugal I think I've ever seen. Dude, the style, the ruthlessness in which Portugal got the win today against what was supposed to be an organized defensive Switzerland team. Yeah, man. Oh my God, man. Ridiculous. But, you know, one thing that really did surprise me, Gonzalo Ramos, bro. Dude, his finishes were phenomenal. Every single one. First off, that first one where he gets it back to goal, immediately turns one, two step, boom. Bro, what the fuck was that? Roofs it. Zero angle, realistically. No. Top corner, left bin. Jan Sommer left stunned. One nil. And then the, his third goal that ends up completing the yeah. hat trick. Dude, what a little cheeky dink to go over Jan Sommer in stride. And then at that point, I'm like, oh my God, Ramos, have yourself a day, my friend. A hat-trick, the first of the tournament. And, dude, who saw who saw any of this happening? Ramos starting, Ronaldo being benched, Portugal scoring six goals? Oh, Are you kidding me? Santos masterclass. Santos masterclass. That's what I'm saying, bro. And, that, and you know what's funny is that out of all of the round of 16 matches, I actually – I could see all, – all of the results that happened, I could see. I was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, USA losing the Netherlands. I was like, okay, it makes sense. Argentina struggling against Australia. I was like, hey, you know what? That actually makes sense because Australia is a good defensive team. But I did not see this coming mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. At all, man. Like, I, I would have bet everything I had to say that Portugal would not win 6-1. And yet they did it today. Ridiculous result. Congratulations to Portugal because they have completely changed my opinion of them uh, from here on out for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, because uh, I think the, the Portugal team that we've been wanting to see has finally arrived. Yeah. Nearly every single offensive player looked like they were at their absolute best today. Bruno Fernandes has been amazing this whole tournament, yeah. already getting so many different co goal contributions and just being hungry for those goals. Joao Felix might have had his best game in a Portugal jersey, man. Oh he was God. incredible in that first half when it was yeah. a lot tighter. He was incredible, man. Breaking yeah. lines, his flair on the ball, sending amazing passes. I loved how 
Santos utilize uh, Joel Felix today, man. Yeah. And Gonzalo Ramos, as we mentioned, an absolute star, man. A yes. star in the making. Benfica themselves are having a magical season um, True. Uh, at the club level. Just I don't think they've lost a single game. I think they're undefeated uh, so far. Going through the whole group stage and Champions League not losing a single match, tying against PSG. And then at the league level, still being undefeated as well. So yeah. Benfica have a really good striker up top, and I'm already seeing a lot of rumors for Gonzalo <laughs> Ramos to Arsenal, to England, to whatnot. Still only 21 years old. It's crazy, man. It's just crazy to see this unfold the way it did because three hours ago, I was certain that Ronaldo was going to get the start, and we see a much different Portuguese side, but instead we see a very convincing team that had a lot of flow, that had a lot of momentum, a lot of chemistry, yeah. and it's been what I've been wanting to see, man. So I agree with you. I am... I'm really high on this Portugal team finally because because they're here, man. Yes. They're here. And I want to read some of these comments to see what people are saying, we man. Right we got a lot of good stuff, says producer Rudd. Okay, cool. From Davin, Davin, Davansh, da, Devinsh. I'm going to say Devinsh. Demulacunda. Thoughts on Gonzalo Ramos after that brilliant performance? Do you see him leaving Benfica for a big club in January if he continues to perform like this? Personally, man, when I see a player go off like this and just be amazing but and perform the way that Gonzalo Ramos did, I prefer to see him play out a whole season for Benfica, man. Mm -hmm. Don't let it get cut short, especially with what I mentioned with Benfica being undefeated so far. He deserves to play out the whole season to reap the rewards of what nine goals and 11 games for Benfica so far. Yeah. He deserves to reap the rewards of that. I want to see how far they can go with a top, top striker like Ramos um, leading their lines. Yeah. Giovanni, $5. Thank you, my friend. He says, Hakimi's celebration is one half of the celebration he does with Ramos. Maybe a dig at Enrique. Love the pop boys. I wonder. I, I wonder, wonder. I wonder. I mean, hey, maybe both him and Ramos. Dang, Ramos is betraying this country. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Pepe, bro. Right, you see right. Pepe wearing a Netherlands shirt? Yeah. Crazy, Bizarre, man. Bizarre, dude. Cristiano Tomando. <laughs> it kind of works. It really works. Juan Rodarte. Thank you, man. Mbappe who? Gonzalo Ramos the GOAT. Ronaldo going to be riding the bench, bro. I agree, man. I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I had said since the first game, dude, Ronaldo has been off this tournament. Completely off. And I just didn't think Santos would have the balls to actually bench him. But it worked wonders today. So, yeah, I agree. Bench Ronaldo for the rest of the tournament. And, you know, bring him on in the 70th or 80th if you, you desperately need a goal. Or you're already up 3-4-0. <laughs> um, Porto and Benfica have incredible Portuguese players. I'm happy we finally are playing them. Mm, okay, here's yeah. a good comment from Swapnil. He says, still never understood Salter's obsession with Canada and Switzerland. Never bought into it and couldn't believe it when he said Switzerland are better than Croatia. How do you take this loss as a from a Swiss perspective? From a Swiss perspective, I think we just faced a team that is elite, truly in every single category. But I think it's because Santos completely outdid Murat Ma uh, Ma Makin. What's his last name? I uh, forgot it, but yeah. Murat Yakin. No, yeah. Murat Yakin. Murat, Murat Yakin. Yakin. <laughs> he switched it. Yeah, I think he completely outclassed him because what does Santos do today? Instead of going with a pivot two like he had been with William and Neves, he releases one of them and gets pure liberation in the midfield with Otavio, who had an incredible game today. How many times did we see Otavio just turn the Swiss midfielders, turn that Swiss defense? How many times did we see him release to Bruno Fernandes? And what a game, finally, from Bernardo Silva. We both had said that he'd actually been kind of average so far this tournament, but today we saw him at his Man City-type best. And when you have that going for you, and you also see Joao Felix's best performance in a Portuguese shirt, very tough to stop. Now, for Switzerland, yes, that's going already against you. But I think they just got caught off guard, and that's just, I think, 
bad, whether it's game management, maybe really bad mentality. Something went badly wrong in the Swiss camp going into this game. I don't know exactly what it is, but they got completely outdone, I think, in every category, man. Squad selection, mentality, uh, tactics even. I don't think there was any positive I can get out from this Swiss from this Swiss game, but as to whether I think Switzerland's better than Croatia, I think Croatia get done in the same way if they had faced this Portuguese side. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't... I don't really see Croatia and Switzerland as being able to compete with teams like this, to be completely honest. Okay, we'll get a better idea of that when we see how Croatia does against, like, a Brazil. Yeah. I think, yeah, that'll tell us how good this Croatian side actually is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it from a Swiss perspective, yeah, that first goal, like, honestly, there wasn't much that Shar I think, was on it that could have done. There's you, nothing you can you do. You forced a really tough shot. Yeah. But, my God, it just it just fell through for Gonzalo mm -hmm. Ramos. And then the second goal was that Pepe slam dunk header. And by then you're down 2-0 in like the 25th minute. So it's yeah. just, it all went to shit for him. It went to shit uh, pretty quickly nah, too. I don't know. I don't know. I do, I do think both of you guys have points here. Switzerland fucked up. They fucked up. Oh, they fucked up bad, man. Yeah. Really, really up. bad. Bench Naldo. It's absolutely insane how Ronaldo killed the offense. Arca says, Gonzalo Ramos, what a player. Not only did he fill in Cristiano Ronaldo's shoes, but he bettered him. Considering it's his first start in that too in the FIFA World Cup round of 16. Yeah. Dude, that's what I was a little worried about. I thought, is this stage going to be too big for Gonzalo Ramos? <laughs> like, he's barely played for Portugal, yeah. man. Like, why not go with Leao? He's got, I think, a little bit more minutes. But nah, man. Nah. Gonzalo Ramos stepped up, and he showed he's got that dog in him, man. Yeah. He's got that dog. Cristiano Ronaldo was benched because Aisho's speed was in the stadium. Dude, I saw that. You know, you know uh, uh, apparently Aisho's speed. Speed has gone to see Ronaldo three different times. And each time he's either been benched or just not started. So he's like undefeated in that sense. Oh, I see. I Crazy. See. So it's a bit like of a curse. He continues that trend. Yeah. I see. Yeah. He was all the way in Qatar, man, to watch his boy. And he never played. Or at least he went in the last 20 minutes. Chris98D says, Arsenal Jesus is injured. Sign Ramos now, please? Perhaps. Perhaps. My only problem with Ramos going in January is that Benfica players are usually very, very pricey. And most clubs like to wait for the big purchases till the summer. True. So I think that's why we won't see Ramos change teams until the summer. I think he should wait till the summer, man. Yeah. I really do. Isaac Steinman, not going to lie. I can see Portugal winning after this game. I agree, man. Oh, I agree. Th th that's I what agree. I was getting at earlier. Dude, if they play like this, they can beat anybody. Anybody. And I, I really do mean that, man. And yeah, their defense still might be a little questionable because they did not get tested at all today. But regardless... The fluidity and the precision that they played offensively. Low-key, probably more impressive than Brazil's game yesterday. Oh, against Korea? Yeah, yeah. they were more efficient. Way they, more efficient. We were, I was saying that they're like Brazil, but without the dancing. Yeah. Yes, and that's still a really, really good team. Yeah. Marco Carmona, Fernando Santos proves to call the great plays. Even, even that stadium pop when Ronaldo subbed in. I would only have him subbed in on the 60th or 50, 65th minute. Yeah, 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 I think that might be the move from now on, dude. Yeah. Honestly, honestly. Just gauge how the players are playing, the offensive players, and then go from there. Savet Besson, my law, my the Give and Go's future lawyer, says, finish my law school finals. I got another challenge for the boys. Shit, here Shit. we go. Here we fucking go. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. There have been eight hat tricks in the World Cup in the 21st century. If you guys can name six out of eight without help slash cheating, I'll donate $100. All right. Producer Rudd will stop scrolling. We will not get any more uh, spoilers on this. Well, for sure, Gonzalo Ramos. Mm -hmm. uh, Harry Kane, 2018 against Panama. Okay. 
<laughs> you got anything? You got anything got you can nothing, give me, bro? bro? Bro, I've watched so much football that my memory only lasts two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Either. I'll give it like 30 seconds of thought. I don't want to keep this, this stream held up. So I'll give it 30 seconds of thought. Who else has scored a hat trick that we, like, what was it? Like, that was monumental. I remember in 2018, 2014. It's gonna be some obscure player, man. I think I so. Like it. a Gonzalo Ramos, bro. <laughs> like on, honestly, uh, at least as far as the like, big stage is concerned. Right. I think it did. Um, Mueller did he not get one at some point? I'm gonna I, say. I, I'm gonna assume he would. I'll throw in Mueller. I'll throw in Neymar. Hasn't gotten one, has he? No. Um, Messi didn't know. Messi, no. Uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, in like 2018, did he did he not get that hat trick in 2018 against uh, Spain? Yeah. I'm going to say, yeah. Ronaldo. all three goals? I, I'm going to say, for now, I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. And then, um, gee, I'll make one more guess. I know that. Uh, I'm not going to fulfill this one, man. Um, what's another big game? Ronaldo, R9. Did he ever get a hat trick at some point in 2002? No clue. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's start scrolling. One. Let's start see what people oh, say. Okay, so, um, Let's see what people are saying. Forlan. Harry Kane. Man, these challenges are insane. <laughs> that one was hard, dude. That's a tough one, yeah. dude. That one was hard. Um, hey, but I appreciate the try, though. Yeah, yeah. Forlan, Muller, yeah. Mirosaf Klose, Rooney? No. My prediction, Klose uh, versus Saudi. Sure. Shit, so, I, so Gonzalo Ramos, Harry Kane, Klose, and who else? Yeah. Nah, you don't gotta look it up, man. Not yeah, you could read the. Super we'll just chat, read the though. chats, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah don't worry about cool. it. Uh, all right, we're gonna keep it going. We got some more super chats here. I think it was. Ben Lowry, good to see you again, my guy. My prediction of Portugal versus Brazil looks good still. Since 2008, the team with the top score in the Euros, leading up to the World Cup, wins title. 08, 10 Spain. 2012, 2014, Germany. 2016, 2018, France. 21, 2022, Portugal. I've seen this. I've seen this comment before, and Ben, maybe it was you. And I was like, "Holy shit! What a trend!" Because if that's true, it's looking really good right oh, now, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Really okay. cool. Okay. Yeah, that's. I've never seen that stat. Too. I, I feel I like know. that should be talked about a little bit more. Then. Yeah. That's wild. Whoa. Portugal have a rise. Still never under. Okay, we saw that one. Scroll down. Scroll all the way down for me, producer, bro. Appreciate it. Shakir versus Honduras in 2014. Um, yeah. Landon Donovan. Did he? <laughs> I would I actually wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Iguain. Alright, cool. So Portugal against Switzerland. What else is there to say about this match that you think we've missed? Not I mean, again, just to reiterate, I'm so impressed by how clinical Portugal were today. The way that they played in the group stage, I was just worried that they were going to be underwhelming just like Spain, but they did the opposite. They completely changed tactics and went off, went completely off, changed the narrative that I had for them. And thank you, Santos. Thank you, the rest of this Portuguese squad, because now I'm very impressed and I'm very curious and hyped to see Portugal for the rest of the tournament. Because again, as I said, if they play like this, I think they can go very, very deep. So I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that does get me excited, man. Especially the quarterfinal stage. We'll preview that at the end with our match previews about who we think will go through. But Portugal looking great. Portuguese people, you can feel good now going yeah. into that, that final eight stage. And so props to Portugal. Switzerland, thank you for the fun ride. But it's, it's over for you guys, man. It's over. over. See you in four years, my friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so for the P keep, all right, so here we go. 
the eight World Cup hat tricks from the 2000s onward. Miroslav Klose against Saudi Arabia in 2002. Pauleta for Portugal against Poland in 2002. Iguain in 2010 against South Korea. Thomas Muller uh, in 2014 uh, against Portugal. Shakiri against Honduras. Yeah. Ronaldo against Spain. We I got that one. It. Harry nice. Kane against Panama. And then Gonzalo Ramos against Switzerland. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Dope. That's that's dope. That's, that's dope, dope, man. That's dope. All right. So let's talk about match ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's rate the games today. I think today was an awesome day for games uh, with both Morocco and Spain going to penalties and then Portugal trashing Switzerland, folks. Mm-hmm. Let's do Spain-Morocco. What did you guys think, man? It was a tight KG affair, but ultimately we saw Hakim, Hakimi. I keep wanting to say Hakim Ziyech. We saw Hakimi. <laughs> Make a beautiful chip, Panenka goal to take Morocco to the quarterfinals. What a beautiful story. What would you guys rate it? Let's see. I'm seeing a 10. I'm seeing a 9. I'm seeing a 6, a 9.5, a 10, 7, 9, 8. Okay, I'm thinking it's going to be between 8 and 9. Between 8 and 9. Be- the best game up to now, 9.5, 7, 9, 9, 8. I'm 8.5. I'm going to have to go 8.5 because I'm seeing 8s and 9s. 8.5 for this one. Okay. And then the second game, uh, Portugal versus Switzerland. Seven goals in this game, a Portuguese masterclass. The Portugal, the Portu, the Portuguese pouncing on Switzerland. Yeah. What did you guys think? I'm seeing a seven. I'm seeing an eight, a ten, a nine. I know we got some Portugal fans. I need to see it right now. 6.9, 10, 8.5, 10, 9, 8. Fuck, man, it might be close. Might have to do a poll here. I have to do a poll here for the Give and Goes match of the day. Let's do a poll. Let's figure it out because I'm seeing I'm seeing it way too close right now. Which one was the better match? And I want to see some descriptions. Why do you guys think one was better than the, than the other one? Yes, match of the day. Perfect. And let's do uh, yeah, Portugal versus Switzerland and then Morocco versus Spain. What do you guys think, man? Because it sounds pretty close to me. And I really care about this award, man. I really, really do. I want the rightful team to win this one, man. I really do. Uh, super Chats. Go ahead and click on the numbers up top, on the cash. Yeah, the show. Who do you think should be starting 11 for Portugal for the rest of the tournament? Whole starting 11? I would not mind just repeating what y'all did today, man. Repeat it. Yeah, repeat it. Repeat it. Even though there's some bold calls in that lineup, I think what you saw today should give you full confidence that you have figured out almost like the best lineup for you guys right now. Go with what you did today, man. And especially considering the next game will be against Morocco for Portugal, it's another defensive team, a team that's offensive line. I maybe is better than Switzerland's, but not by much. So how do they beat Switzerland today? Go with a slightly more offensive midfield and then flow with that front three that they had today. So I wouldn't change a goddamn thing going into that game against Morocco. M- MNSTR23 says, love your channel. I'm a big CR7 fan, but I'm not bad, mad that Ramos was in the starting lineup. Portugal was lethal today. I'm glad I'm glad that you can be like that, man. I really do because yeah, I can understand how it can be hard to see Ronaldo get benched like that, man. Like I said, that's that's a nation's hero right there for yeah. the past 20. We saw a stat. They said Ronaldo has started every game for the past 20 years in the knockout stage or something like that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. It's like the first time Ronaldo's been healthy and not played for Portugal, basically. Yeah, like, it in being the knockout in the stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Savet Besson, $5. Very close, boys. The pod's going to make me go broke. <laughs> we'll be back this weekend for another challenge, by the way. Final is going to be Portugal versus Brazil. Hey, okay. Okay, hey, appreciate that, Savet, for real. And I always appreciate your challenges, man. Uh, the poll. Let's check on the poll and see what people are saying. The match of the day goes to Morocco versus Spain with 57% 
over Portugal versus Switzerland at 43%. And let's see why you guys voted for that. Let's see. Although with the good performance against Swiss, I still don't think they can go through Morocco's defense. Today, Portugal shows Spain why you always need someone named Ramos. <laughs> <That> <laughs> Morocco, sorry. Morocco was more meaningful, in my opinion, but Portugal, funner to watch. Um, mm, Switzerland okay. was not defensive at all. Let's be honest. Oh, they were so bad today. Yeah. So bad. Spain was too predictable against Morocco, and they didn't even execute their chances. They were bound to lose. I knew it all the way. Morocco would win. Awesome stuff. HB Carlos, good to see you in here, man. You must be feeling good today, man. HB Carlos is one of the most passionate Portuguese fans in our chats, man. And he was hounding us yesterday, so he must be feeling good. Hell yeah. Yeah, Morocco made history and close game. All right, so next to the next part, we'll do match previews. Match previews. Let's preview the games. Uh, for the quarterfinals, make some quick predictions here to see what's going to happen in a couple days. Two days off. We have a break, man, finally, to just breathe for a little bit, mm -hmm. take in all the craziness and chaos of the World Cup, and prepare ourselves for an awesome quarterfinal stage. The first game of the quarterfinals will be Croatia against Brazil, man. And I'm going to just start off right here, man. It's going to be another dance party for Vinny Jr., Baqueta, Neymar, even Casemiro might get in that. Mm. Chiche might have new moves, man. I think the Brazilian team is going to dominate Croatia. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to get into it analytically or tactically because I just think this is a set-out victory for the Brazilians. They're going to continue that momentum that they've been building this whole tournament, and we're going to see an impressive Brazilian squad go into the semifinals high on confidence. Yeah, I have Brazil winning this game as well. They will go to the semifinals. I'm just curious to see how Croatia approached this, though. You know? What if they say, let's have a low block, let's rely on Modric, Brozovic, and Kovacic to hopefully relieve some of the possession and relieve some pressure for us, and just see where they can go from there. I think it's going to be a really hard task to do that at an, at an elite level for 90 minutes. But I'm just curious to see. Croatia are very experienced. Would love to see them get something out of this. And I don't mean a win or a draw. I mean just like a goal or at least to keep it tight for over an hour. That'd be dope to see. Either way, no matter what happens, I just think Brazil have too much going forward. So, yeah, I think Brazil will go to the semis. Brazil going to slap up Croatia. Just waiting to see which Brazilian pulls out a cardboard sign from the stands to break dance first. <laughs> <laughs> what an image that would be. Brazil has been something special this year. They're just something else. Like there's some kind of aura when you watch it. And I've been, yeah. I've been saying that, man. I think there's truly some beautiful narrative happening with this Brazilian team. So joyful, so fun. I love what I'm seeing from Brazil, and the poll agrees as well. 83% for Brazil, whereas 17% for Croatia amongst 150 votes. So I, I agree with that. I think Brazil goes through, and I see them in the semifinals. Yeah. Next game following that will be the absolute banger, man. An absolute banger for this podcast, for the people watching, mm -hmm. for the Argentina fans and the Netherlands fans in this world. Netherlands against Argentina. Finally, we will be seeing an Argentine team get tested the way that you've been wanting them to get tested for yeah. for the past four, three years, bro. <laughs> all that shit talking, all that criticism will finally be be at stake now. Mm -hmm. We'll finally get to see the true Argentina. Can they beat a big team in Netherlands that has dominated the USA, gone on to, this, to the quarterfinals of this tournament, and looks to beat an Argentine side that has also found a way to win games, man. Three straight... Uh, games, three straight victories, and um, scoring at least two goals in each one of those games. 
They may not be the prettiest way. They may not be the prettiest style, but Messi is stepping up. He's stepping getting these big crazy. goals for them, and they're winning matches, man. That Argentine grit is showing every single match ever since the Saudi Arabia game, and so maybe they find themselves getting past this Dutch side and getting to the semifinals. Now, on the opposite hand, maybe we see a Dutch team take it to this Argentina squad and knock them out of the tournament. Yeah, this is going to be such a fun game. Just because, you know, anytime Brazil or Argentina hit the scene on a World Cup stage, especially this deep into a tournament, you get electric atmospheres, man. And just simply from that perspective, seeing an Argentina-Brazil semifinal, the pure Bro. spectacle of that, I'd love to see yeah. that. That'd be incredible to watch. The narratives, the the brutality we'd see out on that pitch, the passion for it, man. Because yeah. at that point, you know, that would just determine who deserves to get to the final. And Argentina-Brazil would get to fight each other to prove who deserves to go. So that'd be incredible to see purely from a spectacle perspective. Though I do think the game itself between the Netherlands and Argentina is going to be a really gritty affair. You know, I think the Netherlands have a really solid back line, a really nice fluid midfield and offensive line, finally, that I think popped off in the last round against the USA. Depay finally looks to have found a little bit of form. I think Gakpo is still incredibly deadly. And Dumfries as well has finally been able to find a lot of good form. Frankie de Jong has also been dominating every single midfield battle he has Based so far in this tournament, I expect him to have another really good midfield run against Argentina in this game. As for Argentina, I agree with every point you said. They've been able to keep tight every single game that they've been able to play in and find a way to score. Whether it's through Messi magic or Messi outlets and other players rising up to the occasion to score for Messi and for Argentina. I think it's going to be a really feisty affair, bro. I think it's going to be really, really tight. I think on the day, the Netherlands are a little bit better. I think I just think their midfield is superior to Argentina, and I also think overall their ruthlessness is superior to Argentina's offensive line. The only difference I think that Argentina have over the Netherlands is they have Leo Messi, who we've seen rise to the occasion and score some really big goals for Argentina in this tournament, and he could yet again do the same thing. But I do have the Netherlands going through to face Brazil in the semis. Damn, okay, you got the Netherlands going through. I, I think for the sake of the pod, I'm rooting for the Netherlands, man. Mm. But as for myself, I think I'm going to root for Argentina here. I think Lionel Messi steps up in a magical way yet again to carry yeah. this team past this strong European side. And I just personally really want to see that Argentina-Brazilian semifinal, as you pointed crazy, out, man. And dude. I just, for the sake of the sport, I'm rooting for that to happen. So yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. But the chat here is active because I know that when it comes to Argentina, the give and go in the viewers, there is a lot to be said. So let's read some of these comments. Sean B says, Argentina, it all comes down to Messi. If Netherlands can shut him out, they win. Okay. <laughs> Alfred, Alfred G. Murillo says, Argentina without Messi is straight up Bolivia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Netherlands 3, Argentina 2. Let me hear some pro-Argentina comments here. I'm looking for them. I'm not trying to be biased. Uh, if Argentina can figure out the midfield, they can win it all. But at the moment, it looks like they'll be losing to Brazil in the semis. Okay, okay. It's going to get messy for Netherlands. Hey. <laughs> uh, Acero, Holanda. Only saying Argentina because I want to see Brazil versus Argentina. Low-key, low key, me too. Yeah. Uh, any pro-Argentina comments here, man? I'm, I'm looking for them. <laughs> it's going to be tight. Gakpo hat trick, 3-0. Scroll all the way down for me, producer. Right? Let me see what's the most recent stuff people were saying. Messi will wait if anyone has anything to show in the Netherlands match. If not, he will show up. Yeah. Um, Okay, interesting. I want to watch Brazil-Argentina as I have uh, ticks. 
I think they will win. I think maybe one nil second half goal. It's going to be a close one, man. It's going to be a close one, especially based off of what I'm seeing in the poll right here. I think so. 56% to Argentina, 44% to Netherlands. Argentina won against Brazil in the last three matches, draw exception, with the same lineup and same coach for both teams. I have a question for you guys. I was thinking about this as you were uh, talking about this matchup, uh, especially for my South Americans. Would you prefer to win the Copa America in a final against your rival, such as Argentina versus Brazil, would you prefer to win the Copa America final, but then lose, <laughs> but then lose in the World Cup semifinal against that same team, or would you prefer the opposite, where, example, Brazil situation lost the Copa America final against Argentina, but then win the semifinal against Argentina to go to the World Cup final? And let's just say you lose that final. Right. Which right. one would you rather do? Would you rather be in a World Cup final beating Argentina on the way there? Or would you rather lift up the Copa America trophy beating Arge beating Brazil in the process but losing in the World Cup? If that question makes sense to you guys, let me know what you guys think because I'm truly curious how you guys would rate World Cup versus Copa America in that specific situation. Um, but yeah, this match is going to be great. As for what's at stake, stake with this uh, podcast in Argentina, I mean, we talked about it, man. This is the game. This, this is, is the, the game. game that will ultimately shut the pot up about mm. the comments and criticisms we made about Argentina. At that point, if they beat the Netherlands, they'll be a top four team in the world. And there's not much you can say about that, especially from the semifinals forward. Anything can happen because it's just top teams going against each other. So who knows what happens there, but they will deserve their credit for making it that far because no matter who you face in the process, that is really, truly impressive to do to reach a World Cup semifinal. Mauricio Ramirez says, World Cup, at least you denied your rival the chance to win it. Mm. Ah, okay, so you give them the Copa America, but you don't give them the opportunity to be in a World Cup final. World Cup, Civil War Matters, says uh, one of our viewers. Can I get an option where Argentina wins both? <laughs> Copa America, man, because it's a final. And now it's a semifinal, and you have a final still. Copa America is trash, means nothing. Only two <laughs> good teams there. <laughs> yeah, th that actually would be my argument, is that the World Cup's just bigger so for that fact, I'd rather win the world that World Cup scenario. Yeah, yeah. but lose to your rival in the Copa America final. final. Yeah, okay. in the Copa America. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying if uh, Brazil wins against Copa America uh, against uh, Argentina semis, but then loses against say France, mm. they'll still be happier at the end of the day than Argentine fans who won the Copa America in 2019. Yeah, because as a Brazilian, I'd be like, yeah, you first you'd be so bummed you lost the final, but you'd at least be able to say, hey, Argentina didn't even get to the final. Okay, and it's because okay. of us. I see what you mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. We got super chats from Hit44, $2. Thank you, bro. If Portugal make final, no way CR7 doesn't start. I was thinking that, right? Like, there'd be no <sighs> way that Santos would look at every single player he has, knowing he's in a final, and be like, shit, I, I gotta play Ronaldo. Uh, I gotta start him. But at the same time, don't you have to be professional? Don't you have to uh, do what's right? God. The thing is, if Ronaldo does not start in the next game, right? Let's say he goes with the same exact lineup and they win yet again in style 2-3-0 type of win against Morocco. Then I say don't ever start him again for the Shit. rest of the tournament. But but he might change it up. He might be like, eh, this was a one-off. It was Switzerland. True. Now I'm going to start Ronaldo against Morocco. Especially probably thinking that Morocco is the weaker team. And I think that's just maybe something that Santos would think. Right. And so... I could see actually Ronaldo starting in the next game purely because of that. But if he doesn't in this next game and they win, 
Don't start him for the rest of the tournament. Dude, I just, oh, man, that's such a hard call. That's Ronaldo's tough. the king of finals, man. I know. Oh, dude, that'd be, that's crazy. But, <laughs> that is crazy, though. But, yeah, the situation that's being presented to Santos right now is literally insane, man. Yeah. He's going to have to put in a managerial masterclass to win Portugal, the World Cup uh, trophy, man. Truly. In 2016, Ronaldo was injured for the final, and they won it. Epa! And Santos was the coach. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Maybe he's just got to do the Assistant same thing. Assistant coach Ronaldo, then. Hit uh, bash Ronaldo's knees in so you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have a choice. Ben Lowry, $5. He says, how would England take down this French team despite the missing stars in the midfield? I just have this weird feeling. Bellingham, 78th minute winner, 2-1. Well, let's talk about this game then. Mm. England versus France. Give me the poll. Producer Rudd, England versus France will be following up the two games that we just talked about the next day. This is going to be one of my favorite matchups to watch, man. Maybe the matchup of the tournament so far For me, in yeah. terms of names, dude. Mm -hmm. These are two absolute powerhouses going up against each other in the quarterfinals this could be a final itself yeah. big names on each team with players that are truly in form harry kane a goal and a few assists in this tournament and bapif in my opinion the player of the tournament so far with how clinical and crucial he's been to france's success and offense you got a masterful striker and oliver Giroud as well playing really good and just other players in Griezmann, whoever you want to name from France, man, playing great. And the same goes for England and their midfield and defense. So a hell of a matchup, dude. A hell of a matchup that I ultimately am going to go with France winning. Mm -hmm. I think that, Fran that French championship mentality will come into play. And low-key, it sucks that England is set up set off to face off against this French team this early because when you look at the grand scope of the tournament, people will be saying, damn, England went out in the quarterfinals. Damn. And it'll look like an underwhelming thing. But if they can show up to be a really tough opponent to beat for the French team, uh, for the French, then I think there's a lot of merit in that, honestly, with how they were able to take it to this really strong squad. And so I'm very interested to see what English team shows up. Will they shy away and kind of put their heads down to the clinicality of the French or will they see them eye to eye and play to their level for a full 90 minutes and maybe even give themselves a chance to win it's going to be amazing to see what happens and plays out but ultimately I have the French winning this because of that experience that grit and I think for me it's just kind of like that cohesiveness that chemistry that they all have right now yeah I am so excited for this game because I see this matchup as two unstoppable forces when they're at their best which is why I have the winner of this game winning the whole thing. Wow. You already said this is essentially a final within itself. I'm going to put that pressure on whoever ends up winning this game because I think I think this is going to be two this is going to be a game where there's both sides have unimaginable talent on either side. And what I mean by unstoppable forces, I really do mean that in the literal sense. When you think about killing Mbappe, the best you can do is just try to slow him down, but ultimately you can't stop him. It's just going to be a matter of when does Kylian Mbappe score, not if. And then when you think about players like Antoine Griezmann being the creator for this French midfield, you can stop some of his passes, but Griezmann will get off one glorious pass, at least in this game. He will. He has the talent for it, and you know he has the pedigree to play against the most elite defenses. And then when you look at England's side, you could say the same thing. You can hold Harry Kane, 
but Harry Kane will get one chance, whether it's a really good hold the play and he's able to release Phil Foden or Bukayo Saka, or Kane himself gets a really big chance in front of goal. We're talking about possibly the best number nine in the game right now. And so, yes, Kane can be stopped, but over the course of 90 minutes, I don't think he's stoppable for that an entire 90. And then you could say the same thing about a player like Phil Foden. He's already proved at Manchester City to be one of the best wingers or out wide midfielders in the game. I do not think Foden is truly stoppable over the course of 90 minutes. You can slow him down, but you can't shut him out. Foden will get past a French player once or twice in this game. And then from there, it's just going to be down to probability or pure magic, bro, as to whether he gets a clinical pass off or he finishes it himself. So for me, this isn't going to be a game of who can stop the other. Mm. It's going to be a game of who realistically can finish their big, big chances. It's going to be down to probability this game. I really do think it because, like no, I said, point. It, it's the opposite of the Spain-Morocco game where whoever, whoever won <laughs> yeah. the midfield will win the game. These two teams can't stop each other. The only thing they can hope for is that one team misses their chances and that team doesn't. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's how I see this game. And so two ruthless teams going at each other, and it's going to be a hell of a match. Dude, yeah. And I'm seeing some good arguments here. I see one one uh, viewer, Saul Cosa says, Mbappe, argument ends there. And I think when you think about probability and ability to just right. close an opportunity out, you got to go with the guy who's doing that at the highest level right now. Yeah. And it is Mbappe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if Harry Maguire shuts out France's offense, can we finally stop making fun of him? Key. I would, I, mean, lo- I, would lo- I would love if that was the, the after effect of that. Cause he does deserve credit, man. Yeah. He, he is great for this English team. English hate is visible in the voting patterns. Why so much hate for English guys? Why? Hey, Robbie genuinely curious. He's seeing France get picked with the 70% chance to win this game through the give and go votes. England at 30. I think that's a little, I think that's a little too much, man. I think that's this game much. is a lot closer. I agree. I think this game is a lot closer than the give and go viewers think, but Hey, we got a, a heavy French contingent, maybe. Maguire's a liability against a front line led by Mbappe. Harry Kane. What is this guy talking about? England are not a unstoppable force. And that's the thing, though. Every time you see England play or you see comments about England, it's very rarely positive, which is what we're seeing in this poll. But, dude, England put on a really good performance against a pretty good, formidable Senegalese side. And honestly, it wasn't even a contest. That is testament to how talented this English side is. And I think they'll have a perfect opportunity to shut up a lot of England haters by at least keeping it close against France. Because the way it's looking, I think people are seeing a a French masterclass and a French domination. I don't think it'll be that. I I truly do think it's going to be a lot tighter affair. England just made it to the Euro final. They were able to go toe-to-toe with anybody that was in their way. And I think they're doing the same thing at this World Cup, man. I do. I am actually very high on this English side. I just also think they're facing an equally good French side. So as who I have winning it, I have France winning it. But not by a two, three, four goal margin. I think maybe two goals max, but this is going to be a hell of a match. And... I just can't wait to see top football quality out on this pitch at the same time. Yeah, I hope it's that and not a like fucking stalemate, man. Oh, like nil-nil? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. Not really not much chances. Ah, like, shit. it really does end up being a midfield battle or something. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. It's just cagey as hell. It's just cagey all yeah, of a sudden. It, yeah. it, it could be that. Angel Munoz, $5 super chat. Thank you, brother. He says, Brazil has not beaten a European side in the World Cup knockout stages since the 2002 Holy final, man. Holy shit. Oh, God, that's crazy. What I, a stat. Yeah, man. I mentioned that, not that specific stat, but I mentioned how in the past few World Cups, Brazil has gotten a tough 
quarterfinal matchup. In 2010, I think it was the Netherlands. They lost to them. Uh, in 2014, they got Colombia, but then they lost to Germany in the semis. 2018, they got um, uh, they faced off against uh, Belgium. 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 And Belgium cooked them. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. 2006, they faced off against eventual finalist France as well. Mm. They've always had a really tough quarterfinal matchup. This might be the first time that they have the true, genuine advantage over the other team so. against a weaker Croatian side. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, maybe history comes into play and Croatia takes advantage, bro. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Matthew Anaya, outcome of a Brazil versus Netherlands semifinal. Ooh, I like that. I'm going Brazil. I'm going Brazil. This pot knows. I'm big on Brazil, man. Yeah, just quick snapshot choice. I I'd go Brazil as yeah. well. Ben Lowry, welcome to uh, – hey, Ben Lowry is a hey. Hall of Famer in this chat. It just makes – it makes sense. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for joining. Although, okay, Ben Larry, what kind of viewership numbers would Messi versus CR7 oh get? Well, dude, I was thinking God. about that, bro. What if it's Argentina-Portugal and Ronaldo doesn't start, man? He'd have to start. Santos would get a phone call from every single president Qatar. in the world. Qatar would Be call like, up hey, Santos. Uh, you, you got to start Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ramos gets shot. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, what the hell happened? Yeah. It's like, no, Ronaldo has to start. He man. has to. That'd be dark, man. It'd be dark. But for the amount of viewers, for the money right. it would make, right. it'd be insane to for see Ronaldo story. get benched that game. <sighs> Truly, the one opportunity we would get to see them both in a final at, at oh this my level. Oh, God. And, and they would just get robbed of it from Fernando Santos. Yeah. But at the same time, it would actually be kind of justified, too, if he's not on, on his best It'd form. Be justified. Carlos Prado, $2. It's coming. Argentina versus Portugal final. I mean, what I really like right now about the quarterfinal matchups is that they set up for really good games in the semifinals and in the final. Like, we are going to get, for sure, like one historic matchup no matter what whether if it's argentina portugal oh, yeah. argentina brazil shit even netherlands brazil would be awesome as well brazil france in the final yeah. uh, argentina france could happen brazil england, england. brazil england yeah, could we happen. Talked about that one. morocco maybe they get involved here too jesus croatia yeah. france rematch there's so many matchups now that i think are just gonna be awesome Caden, yeah. five dollars thank you man appreciate that would you want the game winning goal in the final to be a volley a header or from a set piece additionally from a team star or a bench player. I like this. If we're talking about the game-winning goal, maybe it's tight for the whole match. Mm. Final five minutes. Would I want a header? Nah. Can you scroll up for me, please? Would I want Set a header? piece or volley, but basically. So, like, imagine, like, a banger-free kick from, like, 25 yards right. out. The moment or, or building like, up. Right. And then getting that, that release with yeah. the beautiful hitting the back of the net. Yeah. Or, like, you know, corner kick, ball bounces out. From volley. outside the box, volley to win it. Yeah. Low key, I think I would want volley, man. I just think it'd be thunderous, dude. Yeah. Thunderous. If it's a beautiful volley, I think that'd be. And to like think about like just the like who that falls to. Uh, maybe it's not a superstar, but right. just to be like, man, to hear how he would speak about that volley in the future, like, bro, I just the moment I pinged it, yeah. it just felt <laughs> perfect. It felt right. right. The yeah. greatest volley of all time. It would be considered if it did it to win the fucking tournament, man. Yeah. Yeah. I would want a volley. Yeah, I want to volley. For sure. And I'll say from a bench player, I love the obscurity of a bench player. Thinking mm -hmm. about his whole life path yeah. and how he was never the number one player in the world. He was never mm -hmm. that top dog, but he gets a chance to just be on the field for the final. Yeah. Uh, Low-key player, a bit of an underdog, mm -hmm. but then that ball bounces to him. Fuck, dude, I want it to happen now, man. Yeah. I want it to happen now. And he gets a beautiful goal that way. Absolutely. Kind of like low-key, like how Pavard got that beautiful volley in 2018. Yeah. You know, he's a right back. But he was able to score a crazy volley, something like that. Yeah, I could definitely see it. More obscure player, volley. That's a good combo. 
The last match that we have to preview is Morocco versus Portugal. Ben Lowry says, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if you don't think Qatar isn't trying to get Messi versus Ronaldo final, then you don't know FIFA corruption. That's a fucking fact right there, man. That's a hey, fact. Man, Argentina getting low-key the easiest path to the final, I think, uh, is definitely yeah. help from FIFA. Hey! <laughs> relax, bro. Relax. No, but I mean, looking at Portugal's path, it's like the opposite. It's very it's hard. Really hard. It's really it hard. It is really Portugal's hard. Because if or they if beat Morocco, Morocco, then they have either England or France awaiting them. That's fucking tough. Oh, England having to face off against the African champions in Senegal, then having then to beat France, France, then Morocco or Portugal. That's ridiculous. And then Brazil, Argentina, yeah. whoever. That's that's tough, that's bro. Tough, that is man. tough. Who wins Morocco versus Portugal? Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Go ahead and submit that for me. Portugal versus Morocco's last game. We got a preview here about the quarterfinals. I'm just really excited for this one, man. Really excited. They both wear similar colors with that dark maroon and then a green so it's similar flags and that colors true. yeah oh i noticed God. that today while i was making the thumbnail and and we have just two amazing stories man with ronaldo's last tournament happening and the way this portuguese team is playing high flying high on confidence and then morocco the cinderella team of this tournament an absolute story an absolute narrative to have to see this matchup play out i think it's just gonna be awesome another fucking banger and uh, let me think about how i see this playing out because I haven't made my pick, man. I haven't made my pick. What are some immediate things that stand out to you about this matchup? For me, Morocco are going to play the exact same way. They're going to have incredible energy with their two lines in the midfield and in the defense. They're going to be as aggressive as they can be in ball retrieval and in pressure once Portugal get close to their box. So from that perspective, I think Morocco are going to make it a very tight and interesting competitive game. Here's the problem I have with Morocco. They just don't have any help once the ball gets to Ziyech or Bufal. And I know Enesiri makes good runs and his hold-up play is decent, but if Hakimi or Masrari don't make runs going forward, Morocco lose the ball every single time. The reason why I had Morocco winning today against Spain is because I thought Spain were ass. And I think it showed with them not having any real threat on goal. And Morocco were able to gobble up those chances when they could, keep Spain at bay, and then, you know, win it in penalties. I think Portugal are a completely different beast. There's just too many options going forward for Portugal. I don't think it'll be easy for them because Unahi, Amala, and Amrabat have been phenomenal defensively. But with the players that Portugal have, they will find an opening, whether it's Felix, Otavio, Ramos even, Leao off the bench, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes. I think there's just too many options for Portugal going forward, and they will find a way. 1-0, maybe 2. I have Portugal winning it against Morocco because of that. Yeah, after the Morocco um, penalty shootout victory over Spain, I was really thinking, damn, Morocco has a path here to the semifinals because at the time I still wasn't completely sold on, on Portugal after their group stage performance. Um, and so I was saying, man, Morocco could really do it, man. They could mm. do it. If it's either Switzerland or Portugal, they'll have a chance. But then Portugal just went out and God. did what they did today and ransacked the the country of Switzerland, man. And <laughs> they, they did unimaginable things to them and got a 6-1 victory yeah. against them. And I'm just left thinking, holy shit, like, if you're Moroccan... It's not what you wanted to see. It's not what you wanted it's to see. It's not what you want. You're high on confidence after that victory against Spain. You're like, shit, let's go. Like, Morocco, let's see a shaky side. Like, let's yeah. see a, a tight game against the Swiss. And instead, it's just a, just a Portuguese masterclass. Yeah. Uh, all while Ronaldo is on the bench. And I'm just like, holy shit, man. That's terrifying now because 
Now Portugal has found themselves. Now they found that confidence and that flow and that chemistry. Like we said, Joao Felix had an incredible game. Bernardo Silva, basically every player, bro. Even Pepe got involved, bro. Yeah, with man. goals, dude. Every single every player. Single player. Uh, Diaz, low-key pocketed Mbolo somehow, who yeah. was playing great up to that point. So I'm just like, home. I'm like, man, this is – I think I got to go Portugal, man. Yeah. I got to, but – I also did say that I would support Morocco if I ended up being wrong about, about my prediction, oh, yeah? man. Shit. So I'm a little bit, you know, I don't want to betray my Moroccans, but I think Portugal just looks way too strong, way, way too, too strong. dominant. Yeah. And if they had looked even just slightly weaker, I would have gone Morocco. But with what I saw today, I'm going Portugal. And I think the chat agrees, man. Portugal, 62% votes uh, in this poll, whereas Morocco is at 38%. And, yeah, that's kind of how I see the game percentage-wise. Morocco has, like, about a 40% chance of getting a result and winning here. But I do think Portugal has the advantage going into it. Mm -hmm. A rematch of what happened in 2018 when they faced off in the group stage. Um, oh, yeah, shit. Y'all about to be wrong about Morocco again. Then we need an apology by buying a plane ticket to Morocco. Dude, if I get it wrong again, dude, I... Yeah, no, yeah. I, I deserve all the criticism in the fucking world, man. Honestly. Yeah. Portugal hardly reaches semifinals in World Cups. They only had one semifinal in the World Cup. And yes, that was in uh, 2006, I believe. So yeah. 16 years ago. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Portugal don't have any real history in the World Cup, at least from, a, you know, positively going uh, deep into the tournament. But this team is different. I think that's how we previewed them. That's how a lot of other people preview this Portuguese team. This is by far the most talented squad they've ever had. And for them to get to the same as I think would vilify that notion. Yeah, man. Yeah, I uh, I do think this team is really, really good. Not for, Scroll the way down. I saw some good comments there. Um, so much for Reynoso the reindeer, dude. Honestly, man, I was getting excited when I was 6 for 6, and then it just went to shit. Morocco will win. It is not only a question of skill. But a purpose and determination, says Clarence. Morocco are fighting to uphold a Arabic culture, which came under criticism this World Cup. Also, the idea that uh, Morocco, if they win this game against Portugal, will become the first African team to be in a semifinal. Man, wow, that's what's at stake in this game. Yeah, and so I I do feel bad rooting against that because that's mm -hmm. a big part of what the giving goes about. Man, is seeing the like underdogs, the yeah. like quieter stories make their names known on the biggest stage and morocco has a chance man they have a chance i they think it's the chance. first time there's been an opportunity since ghana in 2010 no yeah ghana, was the, ghana was the last african team to make a quarter. yeah it was in uh costa rica in 2014 mm -hmm. uh, for Concacaf, but then since then it just hasn't been an opportunity yeah yeah World Cup is very similar to Stanley Cup playoffs. Hey, we're talking hockey. Okay. Who wins isn't always the best team. It's about who is hot going in slash in form and defense can last 90 plus minutes because eventually someone cracks. Yeah, I do think international tournaments show that, man. It shows how important form and the momentum of these players is going into it, dude. Yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. Ray Reynoso, if you get it wrong again, you need to buy a Moroccan jersey. <laughs> Damn, dude! I'm a, I'll 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 change my citizenship. I will change it to Moroccan, man. I've always wanted to visit, anyways. Mm. So maybe I go and I like you with Argentina, man. I go to Morocco, I kiss the soil, I get on my knees, and I beg for forgiveness, you man. Beg, beg. If they win, but yeah. thing is, if they win, man, I'll be happy for Morocco, dude. Oh yeah, I really will. It's a win-win either way. It's a beautiful story, dude. Yeah. It's a beautiful story for football. Um, HB Carlos is active in the chat. I love to see it, man. I love to see it. Um, how do you guys feel about Ronaldo not starting? You think it will be the same versus Morocco? Truly interested. I think it's going to answer that question of like, does 
is Santos going to stick to the form of Gonzalo Ramos, mm. especially with him getting a freaking hat trick? <laughs> hat trick or is he kind of was he kind of thinking about giving Gonzalo Ramos that opportunity, but then shifting him out the following game because maybe he felt a little leeway mm. facing against uh, Switzerland? I say I, I think I said it before. He has to go with the same lineup because if you assume Switzerland are a defensively organized team, you say the exact same thing about Morocco. Morocco's best attribute is not their offense. It's not their offensive prowess going forward off the pass or off the dribble. It's their defensive tenacity. So if you approach it the same way you played Switzerland, you start the same players you did today. Ronaldo on the bench. <laughs> Exchange citizenship. I'll give you Moroccan and you give me Mexican citizenship, man. Hey, all right, fair. Fair enough, brother. Fair enough. I'm coming at Friday. Argentina already in semis. To watch Saltero say in the Netherlands are not quite a test yet for mm -hmm. Argentina. The guy will never learn because he understands the football as a show. Yeah, it's a funny comment because when I look at the teams that Argentina have faced, it's just very clear to me that they haven't been tested. Like, super clear. They lost against Saudi Arabia. They played a, against a really confused Mexico side. Mouth. A very confused Mexico side. Oh, yes. That we both had not yeah, getting yeah, out yeah, of Yeah, but watch group, your mouth. Come yeah, on, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. And then uh, against Poland, Poland's team was ass, bro. Really not, not, not good. And then I remember there was a comment that tried to defend Argentina against Australia, <laughs> but they botched their take by, at the end, they said, yeah, Argentina struggled against Australia's defense because they bunkered in. That's the key word, though. Argentina struggled against Australia's defense. And when you look at Portugal and what they did today, when you look at Brazil mm -hmm. and what they did to South England. Korea, when you, yeah, when you look at England, what they did to Senegal, France, France, uh, what did Argentina do against Australia? Nothing. They didn't do anything. They grinded for a win, bro. So you cannot look at me in the eyes and, be, and say that Argentina have truly been tested because when they have been tested, they lost to Saudi Arabia and grinded against Australia. The Netherlands will be a true test. Uh, and so, I, 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 like I said, if Argentina beat the Netherlands, it's because they deserved it. I won't sit here and say the Netherlands aren't a true test because the way the Netherlands have been playing in this tournament have shown me that they are a test. By basically pocketing this USA team in the round of 16, the Netherlands are ready to face and to beat a team like Argentina. So, no, I, w I won't say that Argentina will not have been tested if they win because they will have deserved it if they do. Yeah, yeah and I, th I think people are thinking about, like, how, I don't know, YouTube analysis, they can often make fake promises, you know, like, mm. hey, if Argentina wins, I'll shut up, and then they never shut up. They end up becoming right. I think people might be thinking that you're just a true Argentina hater, and that's I'm not, not true. It's not true. That's not true. Yeah. You will shut up. I'll make yeah. sure of that. I'll make sure of that. Yeah, and there's another there's a comment in one of our Argentina videos. I think his name is Robert King. Uh, and he said, I too have been dubbed an Argentina hater solely because I think they're an average team. And it's not about hating Argentina. It's about how I see the game. And I do see Argentina as an average team or an above average team because of Leo Messi. And so it's the same thing because I'm anti in my analysis. I'm dubbed a hater. But in reality, I'm not a hater at all. In four years time, if Argentina are playing good football, I'm going to be the first one to give them praise in every single game. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that, man. Yeah. It's like that. Now I'm being dubbed a Moroccan hater, man. Right, it's the same right, thing, man. right. It's the same thing, bro. But hey, it is what it is, man. It's what comes with the gig. Argentina beat the kings of Concacaf, Mexico. The best. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't the kings of Concacaf right now. I mean, historically, yeah, but right now we it was Canada and the USA. Mm -hmm. The best player in the world, Louis, 
Leva, a high-leveled Australia and Saudi Arabia. They've been tested. Is that sarcasm? <laughs> I don't Does it know. Sarcastic? I don't know. <laughs> Was Argentina that good on the road to the final in 2014? I remember Iguain being a bum, similar to Martinez, has been in this, and Messi scoring well in the group stage, but I don't remember. It's Ben Lowry. And that's actually a great point, too, because I, I, I said it at the beginning, too. If Argentina makes it to the semifinals, I won't be surprised because it's Argentina. They have that history and they have that pressure to push them to beyond the bounds of what a player should be pushed to. <laughs> we saw the relief on Messi's face when he scored against Mexico. That's something that the Argentine people put on these players, but it's something that a player like Messi can actually attain. So if again, if Argentina make it to the semifinals, I don't think it'll be down to their play. It'll just be down to the Argentine spirit. That is something that I'm not privy to. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, I actually agree. In 2014, I thought they had some average performances, but they were able to go to the final because of one Leo Messi. It might be the same goddamn narrative here in 2022. Yeah, I do think that's something special about them that they could be, they could have any sort of type of team. But if they have, they have two factors that lift them above others, which is one, Leo Messi, the greatest player of all time to many people. Yeah. And then that Argentine spirit, man, which Crazy. has to be accounted for, bro. Mm -hmm. There's only a few other nations that I think have that same ability to just have their fans in the stands and lift them to a higher level than the level they play at club and the yeah. level that they are truly at. They just play differently when they hear those crowds and that atmosphere around them. So I do give Argentina credit for those two things because in 2014, I think that was one of the biggest things. They didn't have the most amazing lineup, they but they just had that grit. They had Lionel Messi playing at his best. And they made it all the way to the final and nearly won it, dude. Yeah. So they could do it again this time. Absolutely. Uh, Gustavo Robledo, $5. What if Ronaldo scores a Chilenita game-winning goal last minute versus Argentina in the final? Dude, I love how much y'all want that Argentina yeah, or to yeah, the final yeah. because it truly shows that, like, that is the biggest final, man. Yeah. Even if they face, even if Argentina faces Brazil in the semis, nothing compares to the Ronaldo, Lionel Messi storyline yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, that's and true. And I love how, how, much, how much people want it, dude. I truly do because... It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy, bro. If that mm -hmm. even that even gets conceived, man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna watch the pregame buildup of that nine hours before the game, dude. I'm gonna just right. sit my ass down and just build up to that beautiful moment of them two facing off against each other mm -hmm. if it happens. Yeah, I'm Portuguese living in Switzerland. Imagine me how I'm feeling. I have huge huge respect. I don't go out to celebrate. Damn. Yeah, you just put your hands up, man. You just put your hands up like, hey, I'm in Switzerland right now, but I'm Portuguese. I respect the people. Honest question from Ben Lowry. Why does Argentina not play Dybala? He could really help that front line or midfield with creativity with Di Maria tiring out at the 65th minute. I think that's the question every single Argentine is asking. Where the hell is Paulo Dybala? Thing is, man, Dybala was not really used in qualification under Lionel Scaloni. I think it was down to a couple factors. It was, first off, Dybala went through a weird phase with his form where he just wasn't even playing at club level that much. And also, Dybala had an injury, I think, at one point. So just in general, the buildup to this World Cup, Scaloni never had reasons to play or to get Dybala on the pitch for Argentina. And I think going to this World Cup, it's kind of the same picture for Scaloni. He sees Dybala moving to Roma, even though he's playing well, uh, even though he's playing well in the Italian capital. I just think Scaloni just ultimately has his favorites and Dybala is just low on that pecking order. I don't think it's actually down to tactics. I think this is one of those things where we've mentioned where coaches just have preferences. We've seen Luis, Luis Enrique have a lot of preferences over certain players. And I think it's the same damn thing for Scaloni. I just don't think he sees the player that we see in Dybala. Yeah. 
Yeah, bizarre though. He's it's bizarre. A, it's a great season in the build up to it, even yeah. at Roma in his first year. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, let's get the uh, we got super chat. We got super chat. Let's see what it says. Ibrahim Ahmed, talent doesn't get you far in a World Cup. Even the most beautiful footballing team loses. At the end of the day, it's about who makes the least mistakes. Dude, I do feel like a lot of games come down to that, man. Oh, a yeah. A lot, man. Because yeah. oftentimes the talent is, it can be completely different on both sides, or it can be at exactly the same, mm -hmm. but it's just about who makes the least mistakes, dude. Yeah. I agree with that take. Yeah. Um, why are players taking such shitty penalties at this World Cup? Dude, I'm wondering that, too. Why are players having slow run-ups, really cocky run-ups to the ball? Why aren't, why aren't people, like, lasering shots up, man? What's going on? Is it that Qatari feel that we mentioned that maybe it's a little slippery so hey, players right. aren't running at full speed? Instead, we're seeing really slow run-ups? What is going on, bro? Dude, that is a, such a good question, and I have no idea, man. Like, why? What happened for the Spanish players today? What was that? Three misses? I, I know I know, Bono really showed up, but, yeah. bro, like, the, the takes were weird, weird man. man. Again, no power behind any of these. No idea what it is. No clue. That Qatari air, the soil, I, I have no idea. I don't know. It felt weird, man. Like, uh, Soler's penalty. His whole walk-up was yeah. just so uninspired. He was yeah. just, like, not even serious. He was just, like, uninterested. Yeah. Just walks up to it. Lazy kick. Gets saved. And save with Sergio Busquets, honestly. When he was going up, I was oh, like, Boozies okay. was bad. Boozies, I was like, okay, it's Boozy, bro. Like, he's going to – he'll find a way to get the goal. This is the <laughs> guy. They need right. that first goal to get back into it. And his was awful too, man. Just really, really bad. Those bunny hot penalty kicks are ugly. Facts. They're scared to take penalties. Spain practiced 1,000 penalty kicks during their last training. I read about that. I saw that they did that, that they practiced it 1,000 times. That's absolutely embarrassing if they did then. Yeah. That's absolutely embarrassing. Yeah. That Sergio penalty was ass. It must be nervousness. The penalty problems is all about tension and lack of preparation. Mm. The Japanese team did not prepare the penalties in depth. It showed. And Spain did not expect penalties and were unprepared, and were unprepared mentally. Yeah, uh, that actually kind of makes sense, right? At the end of the day, what are penalties? It's all about preparation and mentality. It's not about skill or what you've practiced. It's more of a mental game, if anything else. So, yeah, that's a good point. Spain just know how to pass. That's why they did it in the penalties, too. Yeah, they just passed. <laughs> tried to pass it, yeah. Last question here. Maybe it's just me, but I really think this Portugal team reminds me a lot of the 06 French team with Hall of Famers leading the way. Sidon, for example. And the, an informed prime midfield with Vieira and Fernandes and a young winger and uh, Frank Ribery and Felix. Felix. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I yeah, like this dope. Portuguese that's side, dope. man. They have so many different options, so many different types of players to hurt you. So fun to watch. Yeah, dude, they did all that what they they did all what they did today without Joao Cancelo, without um Paulinho, you know. Yeah. Without yeah. uh Diego Jota. Neves. Neves didn't even play today. Yeah. Uh, Pereira, Daniel Pereira as well. Oh yeah. That yeah. wasn't able to be there. Nuno Mendes. Nuno Mendes, they don't have Good Lord, yeah. man. John Martino's just at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. crazy what they've been able to achieve. Yeah. But hey, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to like the stream one more time before you go. Make sure to rate us five stars on Spotify if you're listening to us on there. Thank you guys for being here and for listening to us. And we'll be back in a couple days. Yes, sir. We'll be back in a couple of days to live stream and talk about the post-match of two amazing matchups coming up for us. So y'all have a good couple of days. Rest up, and we'll see you guys soon. Peace. Thank you.